Well, we are so thrilled that the Clarks are here. I'm sorry that our time has gone so quickly. The weekend's gone so fast. But they're going to come. I'm just going to turn the service over to them for the next while. And uh, they're going to, he's going to do a little preaching and singing all back and forth. And some of the songs will be part of his message and things like that. So don't get too stressed out about that. Change is okay once in a while. And we'll enjoy our time together tonight. And uh, have they been a blessing to you? Amen. Let's give them a round of applause tonight and just thank them. back to our family and I said same people different country and uh, as I'm watching the years go by and people that I don't even know and yet I do know them because they're brothers and sisters in Christ that have sacrificed to make this happen and uh, well I'll tell you what you know life goes by very quickly the Bible says this of our life it's like a vapor and in case you didn't know it We're here today, and tomorrow we fly away, and I hope you know Christ is your Savior. And I also pray that you believe that the best days for Bethel Baptist Church are still in front of you, and they can be. I believe God wants to do a great work here, but how powerful it is to to see people on the screen that you've never seen before, and many of them, I'm sure, in heaven now, but they've labored. And and you know what? Earthly, uh, heavenly treasures are a result of earthly labors. And I hope you're involved in this church, and I hope you're praying for this church, and I'm excited to see what the Lord is going to do. Is that screen rolled by in my head? And what we're going to do tonight, we're going to have, you say, man, we're going to have a message. We're going to have about eight or ten of them, all right? And uh, they're going to surround themselves around the passage of Scripture and a song that also presents that message. And I know this is a Bible-preaching church, and it's also a singing church. So as we look tonight at Psalm 126, And and let me say this about our family. We're not professionals. We're not performers. We're here tonight to be a blessing to you. We may mess up on a song or two. I hope not. But we're here to deliver the message of the word of God, the message of the Lord to your heart. And we pray that it'll be a blessing to you. This first song reminds me of this scripture, Psalm 126 in verse number three. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. And I hope you can say in your heart, God has done great things for us where if we are glad. I saw uh, Brother Rob in the back earlier with his grandson. And uh, what a blessing it is. How many of you have grandchildren and you appreciate them very much? How many of you wish you would have skipped the children and just had grandchildren? Some of you believe, yeah, and there's where you are. But many of you sit next to uh, a spouse that you love. Uh, You sit in a warm church tonight and uh, you have children and grandchildren that have been a blessing. You're amongst friends. You've got the word of God in your lap. Many of you have trusted Christ as your savior. If you've never done that, let me encourage you. The greatest thing in the world you could ever do is to trust Christ. But God has done great things for us, whereof we are glad. I hope you have the joy of the Lord tonight. Consider tonight the good things that God has done for you. Thank you. 
he was your dearest friend when you needed someone he was there till the end strong mighty tower you can always run to look what god has done for you your Bible, turn to Psalm 19, if you would. And I had you in Psalm 126, but Psalm 19, your Bible should be a special book. And you might say, Mike, the, the Bible's a special book for sure. But no, no, no. Listen, your Bible should be a special book. As you read the word of God and you need to read it every day. Matthew 4, 4, the Lord Jesus Christ said this about the word of God. Man can't live by bread only. How many of you ate today? Did you have something to eat today? I hope you did. How many of you are fasting? How many of you aren't going to answer your, raise your hand no matter what question I ask you? All right. <laughs> a lot of us ate today. We eat every day, don't we? Jesus said you need to be in the word of God every day. And I need to be in the word of God every day. Can I tell you the only book that's alive is the one you hold in your hand tonight if you have a Bible with you. And it is a living book, and God speaks to you through his word. And you know it's an awesome thing? You might get a, get a Bible for special occasion. This particular one I have, I've got, I got for my ordination back in 1995. I didn't use it for many years. I still have one on my nightstand that I got for Christmas when I was 16 years old. You begin to read it, Pastor, and you start to underline verses where God speaks to you. And then in the margin, you'll write a note. And it's another passage of scripture where God showed you something. And, and you know what? It really represents your spiritual journey, doesn't it? And the word of God is precious. I'll tell you, sometimes you might misplace your Bible for a moment. And to someone that doesn't understand, they might say, well, you can get another Bible. You can get them at Walmart. You can get on Amazon. You... No, 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 no. That's my Bible. You don't understand what's in that Bible. And what it is, it's the areas where God spoke to you. Psalm 19, I love this passage of scripture. And it says this about the word of God. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. What a book it is. The testimonies of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. Well, I'll tell you what, this book will make you wise. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments, verse 8, of the Lord are pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And notice, notice what verse 10 says about the word of God. More to be desired are they, what? The words of God. More to be desired are they than gold, 
Boy, how highly do you esteem the word of God? Do you realize that the word of God is worth more than gold? People all over this world will get up in the morning and they're going to go out to get some gold. And they need money to live and it takes money to live. And there's nothing wrong with earning money. We ought to do that. But money is not important as the word of God. Things are not as important as the word of God. It says this, more to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. And then this about the word of God, it's sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. What a book we have in our hands. Don't you thank God for the Bible? Boy, I'll tell you what, it's precious. And, and, and we'll come to a service like this tonight. I hope God speaks to your heart. Next week, pastor will preach. I hope God speaks to your heart. We have special meetings, and I hope God speaks to your heart. You may go to a camp or a retreat, and I hope God speaks to your heart. But can I tell you, the most precious times you'll ever have are the times when you're alone. Maybe at your house, in your study, wherever you may be, you open the Word of God, and God starts to speak to you. Thank God, thank God, thank God for His precious book. Thank you for the book you've given, 
truth from page to page that you've preserved from age to age from genesis to revelation anywhere i look every page leads me straight to jesus lord i thank you for the book i love the word of god what a book what a book what it is i thank god for it you know the word of god is how we find out how to go to heaven and uh, the next song we're going to sing, Pastor Fear, we've never sung it in public. And uh, he said, I like the song, I Got Saved. And I said, so do I, but we've never sung it. So are we friends enough, family enough that we can practice on you tonight? Would that be all right? You say, man, that's the first time they ever sang it. We, we recorded it. Sometimes you record a song and then people think, oh, you can just sing it at any time. But some of the songs we recorded 10 years ago and some we recorded one week ago, you know, that kind of deal. And so uh, we don't do them all. But but here's a great, great song. And it's just titled this. I got saved in, the chap in Ephesians chapter two and verse eight and nine. Familiar passage of scripture. And those of you who speak to people about their soul and maybe you come in here tonight and you say, I keep hearing this save thing. I keep hearing this born again thing. And, and, and people are talking about going to heaven. The Bible says in 1 John, these things are written that you may know you have eternal life. And I know I have eternal life because Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, the Bible says this, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And the Bible says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Do you remember what life was before you were saved? I'm thankful. Life for me wasn't a whole lot different because I grew up in church. Now, I had my sin nature and I certainly did things wrong and I needed to be forgiven. But for some of you, I'll tell you, life radically changed when you accepted Christ. I think of Saul. You remember Saul? He was the murderer of Christians and there he was on the Damascus road and he met Christ on that day. And boy, all things were made new how many of you got saved a little bit later in life you were in your 20s or 30s or something like that would you lift your hand if that's you yeah and I'll tell you what I guarantee you there's a big change in your life and the way you saw things and what you didn't understand and how you know how many of you accepted Christ when you were young thank God for that many many do and what a testimony that is praise God for that but the most important thing in the world is knowing you're saved and the Bible says this, Jesus Christ came in this world to save sinners. You say, Mike, uh, if I'm saved, what, what happens? Well, that's the time when you call on the Lord, you pray, you ask him to forgive your sins, to come in your heart and take you to heaven. And the Bible says that's when you are born again. I was born October 29th, 1971. I'm getting old, all right? And, uh, but uh, some of you say, no, you're just a young pup, all right? But to some of you, you're an old guy. It all depends the way you look at it. Perspective really changes. But I was born October 29th, 1971. That's when my physical birth was, Camden, New Jersey. Michael Thomas Clark. I don't know how much I weighed, but uh, I was I was born that day. I was born spiritually. When as a young man, I bowed my knee and I said, Jesus, I want you in my heart. I want to be forgiven. I want to be your child. And the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I thank God that I'm saved. That pours from Emmanuel's veins 
the sinner was plunged beneath the flood and got saved. Since then I walk in forgiveness. All of my guilt was erased. The chains of the past are broken at last. I got saved. Oh, I got saved. I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus. I'm undone by the goodness of the Lord. I'm restored and made right. He got a hold of my life. I've got Jesus. How could I want nothing but goodness I've tested and tasted your grace I was so lost till I fell at the cross and got saved oh I got saved I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus I'm undone by the goodness of the Lord I'm restored and made right. He got a hold of my life. I got Jesus. How could I want more? The love of God gave me His pardon. The love of God won't let me stay the same. The love of God pulls me up higher. His blood has cleansed me. How I got saved. I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus. I'm undone by the goodness of the Lord. I'm restored and made right. He got a hold of my life. I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus. I'm of the Lord. I'm restored and made right. He got a hold of my life. I've got Jesus. How could I want more? I'm restored and made right. He got a hold of my life. I've got Jesus. How could I want Amen. Thank God that I got saved. I hope that was all right. I don't know. It's the first time we've ever done it. That was the maiden voyage for that song right there. But uh, I'm going to ask my wife to come. Her name is Carla. How many of you, the best thing you ever did was marry the person you're married to? Would you raise your hand if that? You better. Now's a good chance, guys. You, all us men better get them hands up. I'll tell you what. But uh, pastor said, would you have your wife give a, give a short testimony tonight? And uh, I thank the Lord. For my wife, what a blessing she is. And uh, she's not a perfect person, but she's a, she's a lady who loves the Lord. And God blessed me with her, and I thank God for that. It's interesting. We started dating. I was 18. She was 14 and a half, which is kind of crazy. I understand. But it's a long story. She was a junior in high school at 14 and a half. 
which in the States you go through 12 years and don't usually graduate to your 17 or 18. And then she was in college at 16, graduated college at 18. So it was, it was I had thumbs up and approvals and, and all that from all my leaders and, and we, we dated for three years and then we were married, but she was engaged at 17 and then married when she was 18 and I was 21. So I've loved her for a while. And um, I love her tonight. God is good. So she's going to share a little bit. We just sang that song, I Got Saved. Can I tell you the greatest thing that ever came into her life and came into my life and will ever come into your life is salvation from the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, my testimony is very different from my husband's. I did not grow up in a Christian home. Um, My parents divorced when I was about five. And I was actually born in the state of Pennsylvania. And after my parents' divorce, we moved to New Jersey, um, very close to where I live right now. And um, we never went to church. Um, My mom, I found out later in life that she had gotten saved as a teenager. But we didn't talk about church. And um, my dad, he was not a part of my life, really, after they divorced. Um, He's still not saved today. Um, So you pray for him. His name is Jerry. We actually were singing in Pennsylvania a couple weeks ago close to his home and he came to hear us sing and that was just amazing because he doesn't come to church he's never heard them sing my kids and so that was a blessing and the Lord really worked there so if you remember to pray for him his name is Jerry but he's not been much a part of my life and mom um did we didn't go to church we didn't really even talk about God and it's funny because In my mind, I always thought if my good outweighed my bad, that I would go to heaven when I died. And I'm not really sure where that came from, um, but that's just what I thought. And I remember one day um, I was home, and two men came, and they knocked on my door, and they asked me if I wanted to ride the bus to church. And um, so I started riding the Sunday school bus to church, and I know you guys here have a bus ministry, and um, (laughs) of course... I have a heart for that, and um, you just don't know who you're going to reach, you know? You don't know what God's going to do with the young people that you touch, and the Lord, He can do amazing things, and when someone gets saved and they surrender their life to Him, um, it's just, it's it's amazing what God can do, and um, so I started riding the bus to church, and um, they had a Christian school. And so my mom put me in the Christian school. We didn't have a lot of money. Um, And I was in that school for probably a year. And I honestly don't remember exactly when, but there was a chapel during school. And some man came in, a special guest preacher, and he preached a message on hell. And I remember for the first time hearing the gospel and realizing that I was a sinner. And even as a child that my sin was going to take me to hell. And I remember walking the aisle that morning, and someone um, knelt with me at the altar and prayed, and I got saved. And uh, I continued to go to church. And at that point, my mom had met someone from Solid Rock, which was uh, my husband, my church now. His parents had started that church. And uh, we were about 15 minutes apart, and they were doing an activity together. My mom had gone to... The church and we had gone and we met a lady named Dot Carl and she talked to my mom and she said you need to come to Solid Rock because uh, they have a Christian school and it's tuition free and we didn't have any money 
And so that sounded like a great idea to my mom, and so we started going to Solid Rock. And soon after that, my mom started having some problems with addictions. And um, for those of you who have experienced that or know someone in your family, it can be pretty terrible. And she, uh, she just really had a hard time. And, you know, for a while, I didn't tell anybody. Um, I went to church, and I went to school, and really my husband's family would drive right by my house. So they picked me up for church, and they picked me up for school, and all the activities, and uh, so they were a big influence in my life, and I remember looking at their family and thinking, that's what I want. Lord, if you could just give me a family like that, that would be amazing. And um, during those times, when my mom wasn't doing real well, I had a younger brother. He's seven years younger than me, and um, I was taking care of him and looking out for him, and at that point, I got to spend a lot of time with the Lord, and he was the one that I went to and talked to about the things that were going on in my life, and I didn't really feel like I could tell anyone else. I didn't know how to tell anyone else, but the Lord used that time in my life, and I became really close to the Lord, and um, you know, I, I can remember praying and, and just feeling like God was there with me, and I, I got to a point where I just said, Lord, I'm okay with whatever you want to do in my life. And um, I chose to believe that God loved me and that he knew what was best for me. And sometimes when we're in the midst of a trial, it can be hard. And, you know, you, you just wonder, Lord, what are you doing? And how is this good? And it can be health. It can be finances. It can be family. Um, but the Lord, he's faithful. And um, I do believe that he always does what's best for his children. And I chose to believe that. And I trusted the Lord, and I did my best to follow the Bible and stay in church. And, you know, as I got older, my husband and I, we started dating. And um, you heard that little story there about how young I was. But um, I had actually moved in with my grandparents and lived with them for a little while. And then um, when my mom, she was trying to get herself in a better place, and she moved to Florida to try to get away from the people that she had been around and when she did that, my grandparents soon after moved there as well. And at that time, I was 15, and my husband and I were dating. And I was helping in the junior church in our ministry at that time. And there was a young family there. Uh, their name were the Fully Loves. And they had probably five kids at that time. And they were running junior church. And they came to me, and they said, would you, would you like to come live with us? And I was like, I would love to come live with you. And um, I moved in with them. And for the first time in my life, you know, I was in an environment where there was no sin. Now, they weren't perfect people, but where I grew up, you know, there was sin going on all the time and, you know, alcohol, drugs, things like that. And even my grandparents, they were great people, but they didn't go to church. And so there was TVs in every room and, you know, stuff going on that, you know, wouldn't necessarily line up with the Bible, but I remember when I moved into their home, for the first time I was in a place where there was really no sin to fight, and spiritually, um, I just went to a whole nother level. And I just want to encourage you as parents here today, um, in your home, it should be a place that is a clean place and a safe place for your children. Um, you don't realize, I don't think, 
And even today, it's a whole lot worse than it was when I was a teenager, but they're just bombarded with sin everywhere. And in our homes, it needs to be a place where our children can grow spiritually and not have to worry about fighting the devil. Um, and, and that was a blessing to me. And so I uh, ended up dating my husband, and, and we got married. And, and now it's just uh, the Lord's just so good. I mean, every day I'm just thankful that I get to serve him. And, you know, I used to have a life verse. It was Isaiah 41, 13. And it says, For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. And in the, in the trials, that was the verse that I claimed. And, um, and then the Lord changed my verse to Psalm 37, 5. Delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. And um, I'm living a dream. And there's no greater life than serving the Lord. And um, it's... It may sound unspiritual, but one of the things that helped me be a better witness is <clears throat> the Christian life is a wonderful life. And we have trials, we have sin to deal with and things like that, but the world has the same things and they don't have the Lord. And to be able to have God be with you every day and help you through life and um, you put your head on your pillow at night and you can have peace that God's in control, and he loves you, and you're going to heaven when you die. And the world around us, they don't know that, and they're searching for the answers in all the wrong places, and we have the truth. And, um, and we need to, to do our best to give the gospel, to be a light, and uh, to show people that the best life in the world is the Christian life. And so I just love the Lord tonight, and I'm thankful that he saved me, and for all the marvelous things he's done in my life and uh, the opportunity to serve him every day and for the wonderful husband, children, family. We get to travel and we get to work at our church at home. And uh, I'm just so thankful for the goodness of God. Appreciate Carla. You know, God is good. My three stand here with me and my nieces. I'll introduce them in just a minute. But Pastor Fear, you made some, a statement earlier about the young children who grow up in church. Don't go out into the world. You know, Carla, and one reason I respected her I liked her because she was a tomboy. She grew up at a gun club with her grandparents, so she shot guns, and she liked to play baseball, and she always had a ponytail and a baseball hat on, and I thought that was cool, all right? The first time we met, I was at a camp getting my brains beat out in a pillow fight like everybody versus me, and I'm just swinging away, and the next thing I know, she comes up beside me, and she starts helping me, and I had never met her before. I'm like, who are you? She's like, I'm Carla. I'm like, well, thank you very much. We'll talk later, and we start just wailing people with this pillow fight. That's kind of how we met, and uh, she was younger than me, and for a long time, there was not the dating attraction. We were just friends, and then I woke up one day and said, knucklehead, your best friend is Carla, and she was, she was born old, uh, didn't have a dad. Mom struggled big time. And, uh, and she had to live with other people at a young age and things like that. But, but God is good. And I've got these three knuckleheads behind me that I love dearly, Travis and Kay and Mike. And, and uh, where would you be without the Lord? And I just thank God. Her life is a picture of God's grace, and all of us really are. And so I love you. Great job. Um, you know, the Bible says this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, that the wise man builds his house upon the rock. You know, there's, you're going to build your life on something. There are people out there trying to build their life on their financial portfolio. 
people out there trying to build their life. I saw it's different here on hockey. It's crazy as it is. Their, their life it just surrenders, uh, sur- surrounded by, by hockey, whatever it might be, or by your hobby or your job or whatever it might be. You need to build your life on the Lord Jesus Christ. The winds are going to come. The winds are going to blow. And the wise man who builds their life on the Lord Jesus Christ, your house won't fall. Psalm 18. I love the passage of scripture. David said this, the Lord liveth and blessed be my rock. And I thank God that he is our rock. We sang the song uh, last night just before we ate. But here's an acapella song called My Rock. Thank God that he's our rock that we can build our life upon. My rock, my shield, my rock, my shield, my Jesus is real. I can feel the deep thing, my soul. One day, save my soul, and he made me whole, and my Lord is real. I can feel him in my soul One night, I repented I got down on my bend and he cried Lord, have mercy Won't you save my soul from sin? I'm walking, not alone But I'm headed home And my Lord is real I can feel him in my soul Come to Jesus, repent Get your feet on the solid rock, he's the one, he's the one who will help you, who will help you. he will hear you when you cry. It's Jesus, it's Jesus our, Savior. our Savior, he's a friend and a faithful God, my Lord, my Lord is real, he will lead you to the other side. My rock, my, rock, my, shield, my shield, my Jesus, my Jesus is real, he's real. I, can feel I can feel deep within my soul. Feel him in my soul, and my Lord, my Lord is real. I can feel him in my soul. Amen. Thank the Lord for the rock that we can build our life upon. I'm gonna have the girls come. Second Peter chapter five in the scriptures. How many of you? I'm gonna ask you to confess your faults. All right. How many of you struggle a little bit with anxiety? Nerves, worry, I say suffer, you deal with it. How many of you worry a little bit? Where are the worriers? Put your hand up if you're the worriers. I've got both of mine up. I find myself worrying and uh, man, it'll kill you. Stress will kill you, you know, and uh, boy, I'll tell you, worry will pull you down. And worry really is often this. What we do is we take tomorrow's clouds and pull them over today's sunshine. This is going to happen, and that's no how's this and, and, and man, we do that, and then we don't enjoy the moment, and, and and I can't tell you how many days I've lived worrying when I ought not to worry. Can I say this? God doesn't want His children worrying. God made a way for us not to worry. In First Peter chapter five and verse seven, the Bible says this: "Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you." You know what you're supposed to, your cares are the things you're worried about. 
And God says we are to cast them on him. Michael walks around, the diabetic guy over here on the left. And by the way, this is my niece Christiana and my niece Lizzie and my niece Melinda. And then Vanessa's over there on the piano. I wanted to introduce them. But Michael always has to have a backpack with him. It's called his go bag. It has his insulin and has some sugar in it. If he gets if he gets too low, he can get it up. Or if he gets too high, he's got a pin that we can put in him if we need. No, that's if he's too low. I hope you don't need that. All right. But uh, he's got his stuff in there for his diabetes. And everywhere he goes, he's got his backpack and he carries it with him everywhere he goes. You know what the devil wants you to do? Go through every day carrying a load that you ought not to carry. And your heavenly father says this. Would you give it to me? Come over here. Let me take that load. Be careful, the scripture says, for nothing. Man, I quote that over and over again, Pastor. Nothing. I find, yeah, but what? Nothing. Yeah, but God, nothing. We're not to worry about anything. Instead, we're supposed to get on our knees and give it to God. And we all have cares. I know we do. Children that are struggling, finances, health burdens. I get it. And you know what God says? They're real and life has difficulties, but let me carry your difficulties. And here's a great truth that we're to cast all our care upon him for he careth for us. The girls are going to sing the song, casting all your care upon him. Just the same If you've gone out on a limb 
beautiful song thank the lord for that jeremiah in the scriptures jeremiah chapter 32 jeremiah chapter 32 and verse number 27 the bible says this behold i am the lord the god of all flesh then there's a question is there anything too hard for me Mike, I'm supposed to cast my care upon God, but do you realize how big the situation is we're dealing with? Can I take you to this verse? I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? And the answer to that is no. God can handle anything, and God can handle everything. We were here how many years ago, preacher? Three years ago, and it would have been summertime. What month would that have been? July 2014. We were here. All was well. This guy was a lot shorter, and uh, we were running around singing. He was playing the piano like he did this morning, and uh, his voice was much higher, and things were fine. Things were going really well. Well, we were here in July, and I had no idea that come December, we were getting ready to go through a storm. And on December the 7th, 2014, we were in Patuxent, Maryland, and uh, we had gone to a restaurant after church, and Trav was sitting next to me, and I noticed he had a hard time breathing. And that morning, he had stumbled just a little bit in a song that he was playing, and I thought, that's unusual, but I, I guess it's okay. And while we were there eating, he had a hard time breathing. I said, are you all right? He's like, I think so. And then all of a sudden, he started to get flush, and I said, let's go, and we took a walk around the restaurant and his heart started to race uncontrollably well that night we kind of went by and he was singing a song I want to be that man playing the piano singing and uh, I I heard him start to struggle in the song and I thought okay what's going on and some of you parents have watched your children go through hard times and I'm sitting there as a dad and I'm thinking what is going on finished the song he made it to the back of the church and there was a coat rack in the foyer and he kind of collapsed there under the coat rack. I thought, all right, man, this isn't good. Well, that Thursday we were in Patuxent, uh, no, I'm, not, I'm sorry, um, Hoboken, Hoboken, New Jersey, Cake Boss. Some of you have seen that show before. Do they have that in, New, in Canada? Yeah. Carlos's Bakery and all. We were right there. And uh, we weren't at the bakery. We were at a church singing. Same thing happened. Trav started to have a hard time. So we went to Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, and they diagnosed him with something called POT syndrome, P-O-T syndrome. What happens is this, your adrenal glands stop working. And so you lose the ability to keep your composure. And what happens is your heart rate will elevate whenever you get yourself into a situation where you need to stay calm, and it just goes, 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 goes. They give you a tilt test. They lay you down and stand you up and lay you down and stand you up. By the way, our bodies are amazing. We're amazing creatures. You understand when you stand up, your heart starts to rally. 
and then your adrenal glands calm you. Some of you have gotten a little bit older and you said, man, I'm a little lightheaded, I stood up too quickly, right? Well, Trav would just stand up and all of a sudden it would just escalate and escalate and escalate. And they said, you have POT syndrome and it's not just gonna go up with your heart rate, but your heart rate's also gonna go down. So he would get a hot shower and he would pass out or he would get into the basketball game at school or try to sing and his heart rate would start to elevate. So. Many times he's like, Dad, I'm okay. I can sing. And we'd go somewhere to sing and he'd be on the piano bench and he'd pass out. And so we'd take him off the stage. You talk about messing up a service. All right. You're dragging a little guy. Oh, we're all right. And he kept passing out. And, and it got to the point where uh, it, it got so bad. And the doctor said, you can wish it all you want, but you're not going to be able to keep control. So he would pray for the meal at dinner and his neck would get blotchy. And his eyes would start to water. And it was nothing but our family. It wasn't just being up on a platform. And, and, and he would look at me. He's like, Dad, am I losing my mind? Dad, what's going on? I can't. Yeah. And he went from playing the piano and singing in front of thousands of people to I can't even pray with my family. I remember catching one of the saddest times for me was at school. I walked down the hallway and I'm the principal of our Christian school. And he was standing in the hallway. And I'm like, Trav, what are you doing? And he's like, I can't walk into my class. And I thought, man, I'm like, Bud, you can. He's like, no, I can't. And I'm thinking, how do we get from playing and singing and, and he can't walk into a classroom? And we went through that for a period of time. And doctors said, just, you're going to have to ride it out. Sooner or later, he'll get better. And uh, I remember we were trying to sing multiple times. And, and, and a great truth, and I'll give you this, and he'll sing. A great truth someone helped me with. Trav talked to the singer, actually was a professional singer, and he said, this is what I'm dealing with. And he said, I can't keep singing and passing out. He said, how am I going to know that I'm going to be all right, that I can make it through the song? And this guy said, Travis, if you have to know that you're going to make it through the song or know that you're going to be all right or know that nothing bad is going to happen, he said, you'll never sing again. He said, because God does not give you the promise that nothing bad will ever happen. This man said, Travis, the promise that God has given you is this. If you're on that piano bench and you're struggling, I'll be right beside you. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee is the promise that you have from God. And we were in Ireland and uh, Trav, I said, you want to try to sing? And he hadn't made it through a song in a long time. He said, I I'll try. And he made it through that song. And I'll tell you what, the tears were flowing down my face and I was thanking God. I was thanking God that he helped him through it. And then it got a little bit better and a little bit better. And then his voice started to change. And now we've been a mess ever since. But in the middle of that, he heard this song and it's a song that's called Big Enough. And it just speaks of honestly. And, and, and let me say this, because I think this will help some people here. Sometimes it's just emotional panic attacks, stress, anxiety. Trav started dealing with that. He had a physical problem that was then throwing him into these panic attacks. When is this going to happen or not? And some of you can relate to that and maybe even going through it now. Can I say this? God can help you and God is big enough to help you. And there's nothing too big for God. And as we talked about casting our cares upon him and, and, and the Lord will be with you. And, and so uh, just there's there's hope. 
All right. And, and there's God and God can help you with that. But he started dealing with much of that. And he, he heard this song. And in the song, part of the lyrics are, are talking about the lies I've told myself. Boy, we get thoughts coming through our head. The Bible says we ought to cast down our imaginations, thoughts that aren't real. I'm not OK. This is going to happen. This is bad. It works us up into the God says we need to cast them down. Any thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And uh, he heard this song in the middle of his difficult time. And he said, Dad, I want, I want to sing it. And uh, at that time, he wasn't singing. And we, we got through it after multiple attempts in the studio. And, and we put it down. But then he didn't sing it live for a long time because he just couldn't. He tried the one time at the summit, uh, just practicing before service. I remember he walked out and uh, tears in his eyes. He's like, I can't. I can't. And uh, it's just a song that talks about God being big enough to handle anything and everything that we're going through. And I've got a heart that's full of faith-filled helplessness. And there are mountains ahead that I can't move by myself. But I know when I'm weak, He's strong. When I can barely breathe, it's still a song. Even though it's hard right now, I'm not here on my own. So when it seems it can't be done, I know God is big enough. I can run the race I'm called to run, cause I know God is big enough. He'll finish everything He starts, He'll meet us right here where we are. And I can feel faith rising up, cause I know God is big of doubt make me feel small But I declare that I don't stand in my strength at all Cause I won't live it day in plan Every single moment is in your hands Even if the whole world shakes you the rock on which I stand So when it seems it can't be done I know God is big enough I can run the race I'm called to run Cause I know God is big enough He'll finish everything He starts He'll meet us right here where we are And I can feel faith rising up Cause I know God is big fear that surrounds me, bigger than the chains that had bound me, bigger than the story my past could tell, bigger than the weight of tomorrow, bigger than the hurt and the sorrow, bigger than the lies I've told myself, so when it seems it can't be done, I know God is big enough I can run the race I'm called to run Cause I know God is big enough I'll finish 
everything he starts No meters are right here where we are And I can feel faith rising up Cause I know God is big So when it seems it can't be done I know God is big enough I can run the race I'm called to run Cause I know God is big enough God is big enough. Yeah, I know God is big enough. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Thank you, Trav. I appreciate that. We're going to sing just a couple more songs, preacher. Is that all right? And uh, we're at 721. I'm keep, you can clap away. Who is that? What's his name? Isaac. He's throwing things down here, enjoying the music, clapping his hand. Love it, Isaac. Go for it. Enjoy yourself. And uh, what, what a blessing. I'm going to have Kayla come and sing a song right now. And uh, James chapter 5. Some of you are a little bit older than you used to be. Is that a politically correct, kind way to say you're getting old? Yes, it is. Can I say this? You're so important. So important the older folks of this church, for what you do physically, but even more importantly, for what you do spiritually. The Bible says in James chapter 5 and verse number 16, James 5 verse number 16, confess your faults one to another, and then it says this, and pray one for another that ye may be healed. And then this great phrase, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Mentioned Hannah praying this morning in 1 Samuel 1. But I love this truth. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Sometimes preachers, somebody will say to me, I'll meet them along the way, and it's an older Christian. Mike, how you doing? How's Trav? How's Michael? Michael has diabetes, Trav had his situation going on. How's the family? How's Carla? And then they'll say this, I pray for you every day. And I'm just taken back by that. And I've thought many times as I went to the funeral of those people who told me in days gone by that they had prayed for me every day, I thought, I wonder if there's anybody else stepping up in their place. I wonder how different my life will be because I've lost a prayer warrior. Folks, listen to me. We need to pray one for another. We do. Boy, for the prodigal, for the sick, for the needy, for the young, for the old, for our pastor. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. There's a spiritual battle going on, and we need to fight it on our knees. And sometimes things happen in people's lives. We deal with cancer. We deal with other things. And and we wish we could help. I can't take away cancer. I I can't meet all of your financial needs. I I can't make your child turn back to the Lord. I, I can't fix what you have going on. But this is not a small thing when I say this, but I can pray for you. Because the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So don't think when you say to someone, hey, I will pray and do it. Don't think that it's small. 
Oh, no, 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 no. It's not a small thing at all. What a privilege it is. What a blessing it is to be able to, pe- to, be, able to be people that pray one for another. I need you to pray for me. And I need to pray for you. And God hears prayer and prayer changes things. Thank God when you feel like there's nothing you can do. Oh, there's something very great you can do and that you can pray for people. This song titled, I Can Pray For You. Cause when you hurt, I hurt too I'd like to say I know Exactly what you're going through But through trials and tribulations We all have a different race Even though I can't do much for you One thing is for sure I can pray In your time of trouble, I can pray for you When you need a helping hand When you think you can't go on And feel your prayers are going through When I'm talking to the Father, I'll pray for you You're all alone And you feel like no one cares It seems like there's no hope And it's more than you can bear Well, you'll always have a friend in Jesus And you'll always have a friend in me I'll call out your name to my Father You can tell when I'm down on my trouble I can pray for you when you need a helping hand when you think you can't go on and feel your prayers are going through when I'm talking to the Father I'll pray for you I'll pray for you in your time of trouble yes I can pray for you When you need a helping hand When you think you can't go on And feel your prayers are going through When I'm talking to the Father, I'll pray for you When I'm talking to the Father, I'll pray for you song and uh, boy I'll tell you let's make sure we're doing that let's make sure we're praying one for another second Corinthians chapter 5 second Corinthians chapter 5 I hope you love the Lord the Bible says this greater love hath no man than this than a man lay down his life for his friends 
You may say, Mike, I, I, I don't know the Lord. Can I tell you he's the best friend you've ever had? He came to this earth and he died on the cross for you. And he died on the cross for you to forgive your sins, to come into your heart, to be your savior. And really what he did was this. He took your place on the cross. Should have been your nails because you were the sinner and he was the savior. You were the sinner and he was the perfect one. Should have been my crown of thorns. Should have been the spear in my side. I should have the one, been the one paying for my sins. But Jesus Christ said, I'll put on flesh and come down to earth as a babe. Born to the Virgin Mary and I'll live a perfect life. And I'll come and I will fulfill what I've come to do. And that's to be the savior of the world. And all he took your hell and he took my hell. And this is what he asks of you and me. I don't, I don't want you to die on the cross. I've done that for you. I've died for you. Will you live for me? And in 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, uh, here in 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, notice this. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. I'm here. You're Canadians, many of you. We're Americans. That's our country. But can I tell you, we have a common country if we have a common Savior, and that's heaven. We have a common Savior, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And we represent the Lord. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. And notice what the scriptures say. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us. He took our place. Who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He made him to become sin for us. I thank God that he took my place. And I didn't have to die, but I get to live for him. And can I say, that's the least I can do, is to live for the Lord Jesus Christ if he was willing to die for me. my arms no one put nails in my hands I'll never feel the weight of the world or carry that cross on my back nothing I do could ever all that you did on that day You took my place up there on that tree You paid the price so that I could be free You died for me and now I'm living for you Lord, that's the least I can do. You never sent me out on my own. You're always leading the way. 
that you ask for is a home in my heart and only a small seed of faith. I know you gave me all that I have, so why wouldn't I give it back? You took my place up there on that tree. You paid the price so that I could be free. And you died for me, and now I'm living for you. Lord, that's the least I can do You didn't have to walk down that road You didn't have to rescue my soul Lay down your life just for me I should have been taking those steps It should have been my last breath but you just want me to believe You took my place up there on that tree You paid the price so that I could be free You died for me and now I'm living for you And Lord that's the that I can do and Lord that's the least I can do And thank the Lord for the price he paid. We're going to have it come and we're going to very quickly do two more songs and we're done here tonight. We okay, preacher? You said about 745. You need to slip out, slip out. You want to take a nap? Take a nap. We're going to do two songs. We'll be done here at 745 tonight. Thank God for his grace. First Corinthians chapter four and verse seven. And some of you wanted to hear the bass singer again. So we've got Mike singing this song and uh, sing for the Lord, Michael. But everything we have is the grace of God. Paul said this for who maketh thee to differ from another. First Corinthians four, seven. And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Can I tell you this? We have no reason to boast. Now, if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory? As if thou hadst not received it. Can I tell you this? Look at everything and anything good in your life. And the credit goes to God. I believe it was Spurgeon who said this. He said, why any man would boast of his debt is beyond me. You say, what are you talking about? Every good thing you have, you owe to God. So what in the world would you ever boast about the debt that you have? It's God's goodness in your life and in my life. Thank God everything about us and everything we have is just a picture of God's grace. I tell you today of the goodness of the Lord. Good in me that I should gain a reward just by the kindness and the favor he has shown. 
not by my words or anything I've earned. It's nothing but grace that pardons my sin. Because of His mercy, I've been born again. Redeemed by His blood, my sins are erased. What else can I say? It's nothing but grace. I am what I am by the grace He gives to me. His good will and favor continue to increase. Called out of darkness into His wonderful light. I'm blessed beyond measure. I owe Him my life. It's nothing but grace that pardons my sin. Because of His mercy, I've been born again. Redeemed by His blood, my sins are erased. What else can I say? It's nothing but grace. It's nothing but grace that pardons my sin. Because of His mercy, I've been born again. Redeemed by His blood, my sins are erased. What else can I say? It's nothing but grace. Redeemed by His blood, my sins are erased. What else can I say? It's nothing but grace. Close with this song. It says, I am so blessed. Jeremiah chapter 17. We don't normally sing this, and this is probably not a wise move on our part, but we're going to go ahead and sing it tonight because of the message of the song, and I I pray we'll do all right on it tonight. But Jeremiah chapter 17, I hope you feel blessed. I hope you realize how blessed you are. God has been good to you, and God has been good to me. I love this verse, Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7 and 8, and the Bible says this, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord. You feel blessed tonight? I hope you do. And whose hope the Lord is. You are blessed if you trust in the Lord and if your hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters. It reminds me of Psalm 1. And that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when the heat cometh. But her leaves shall be green, good things in your life, fruit in your life. And shall not be careful in the year of drought. You don't have to worry. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Can I tell you the Christian life is a blessed life. I hope you realize how good God has been to you. We stand here uh, tonight and we get to sing songs. The children have professed that they've accepted Christ as their Savior. You're here tonight. You may not have perfect health, but you have health enough to be here. You're with friends. You're with family. We have the Word of God. You live in a free country. You have food to eat, clothes on your back. God has been good to us. And when we leave this world, we know where we're going if you have Jesus Christ. If you don't have Christ tonight, would you accept him as your Savior? And if you do, would you appreciate just how good God has been to you and God has been to me? Here's a great song. We'll do our best to sing it tonight. It's called, I Am So Blessed.
I stand here and think about just what he's done. Start counting my blessings one by one. I sure don't deserve all that he's done for me, but I'll praise him forever through eternity. And I am amazed that he'd take the time to give me such blessings that fill up my life. God is so good, I cannot express how thankful I am, I am so blessed. He's given me breath and He's given me life, He saved my lost soul from torment and strife. Jesus died on the cross just to show me His love. He's building my home in heaven above. And I am amazed that He'd take the time to give me such blessings that fill up my life. God is so good, I cannot express how thankful I am. I am so Often I stumble as I journey this way, but His mercies are new every day. His grace is sufficient for every trial. He amazes me more and more every mile. He gave me His word in this precious old book. It speaks to my heart every time I look. He loves me and helps me when I'm tempted to sin. Through Christ my Lord, over Satan I win. And I am amazed that He'd take the time to give me such blessings that fill up my life. God is so good, I cannot express how thankful I am. And I am amazed that He'd take the time to give me such blessings that fill up my life. God is so good, I cannot express how thankful I am. I am so Thank you for having us. We love you all. I mean that. And every time we come, I feel like we're closer and the Canadians come down to the U.S. And uh, for the summit, I'm loving it. God is good. Thank you for loving our family. We'll be praying for you. I pray that you'll pray for us. Well, let's just stand to our feet for a moment, our heads bowed and eyes closed. I, I don't even know how to give an invitation. There was eight or ten great Bible principles to help us tonight. Maybe one of those things spoke to your heart. But here's the most important thing. Here's what I'll speak to. Do you know Jesus Christ is your Savior? That's what this whole weekend's been about. We've invited many folks to come, and we've uh, asked our friends to be here and families. We had a lot of visitors, and uh, we're so thankful that they got to hear at least at times portions of the gospel. But we want to make sure that you don't leave this place without having a clear presentation of the gospel. We've sung about what it means to be saved, what it means to know Jesus. And maybe you don't understand what all that singing was about. 
We'd like to take some time tonight, and we're not going to show you a piece of literature or tell you what we think about it. We'll show you what the Bible says, God's holy word, about how you can have eternal life and be eternally saved. We'd like to take the time to do that. The instruments can begin to play. If God has spoke to your heart about anything tonight, you come and do business with God at this altar. But I want to talk to people tonight that maybe you don't know Jesus as your Savior. Nobody's looking around. We're not going to embarrass you. I won't call out your name. But as you want to say, preacher, would you pray for me? I'm not sure if I were to die tonight, I don't know where I'd spend eternity. Would you just slip up your hand? I, I promise you, I won't embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I just want to pray for you. Is there one? Maybe that song, that song earlier touched my heart. I can pray for you. Maybe there's somebody you ought to be praying for right now. Somebody that's hurting, somebody that's sick, somebody that needs the Lord. Right where you are, come to this old-fashioned altar and pray. Some folks are praying, and so we're not going to close the service just yet. It'll just be a couple more minutes. But let me say this. Maybe you say, you know, I, I couldn't raise my hand. I just, I don't know people here. And I understand that's, that's a difficult thing. But don't you, don't leave here tonight without talking to somebody. There's, there's folks all around that have a Bible in their hand. They'd be happy to take a Bible and show you what it means to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Not, not a religious thing, but a relationship. That will change your life if you'll just trust him to cleanse you of all your... Listen, the price for your sins, the Bible says the wages of sin, the wages of what you earn, the wages of sin is death. But thank God Jesus already paid for it. So one day you'll stand before God and you're either going to have to pay for it yourself or you can just claim the blood of Christ that has already paid for it for you. It's your choice. But you must come to him in faith. So don't leave this place. We, we met a fellow out at West Coast Baptist College, Lancaster Baptist Church, and he found out, he met us in the bookstore, and, and his name's Brother Rick Bishop. He said, now are you a pastor? And I'm a pastor, this is my wife, and Brother Judge was with us, he's a deacon, and this is his wife. And it didn't matter that I was a pastor or a deacon for the next hour, he shared the gospel with us right there in the bookstore. And he said this, and it's, it's stuck in my mind, don't you go to hell for anybody. But can I say this? Don't you go to hell for you, for your own pride. Speak to somebody tonight. We'd be happy. The Clark family's out there too. They'll take a Bible. It's not, it's not about what we think. Well, I, I'd sure like to think I'm a good person enough to go to heaven, but it's not about that. I'm not. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And you need Jesus Christ desperately. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through Jesus Christ. Would you trust them tonight? Don't leave here tonight unless you speak to somebody. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sing that chorus, God is so good, and we'll be dismissed. And that'll be the conclusion of our anniversary services. I hope you'll stop by and see the Clarks, and if you'd like some music, pick some of that up. But I, I just hope that whatever God has done in your heart this weekend will be lasting. I think they've been a help to our church, and we appreciate that. But more importantly, the Holy Spirit's been a help to our church. And I hope he's helped you. 
Father, we thank you and praise you for being so good to us. Help us, Lord, to sing this song from our hearts tonight as we're dismissed. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing it together. for coming.